Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show, and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. All right, welcome, everybody, to the Big Branding Podcast, Brand Forward Leadership. I'm Jerry Foster, the Big Branding Guy, also known as the Branding Evangelist. Got a special guest here today. She's all enthusiastic and full of energy. Tracy Gunn, how are you, Tracy? I'm great. I'm great. You know, some days just run away with you. And then that's the fun part about doing these kind of things. So thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, you're welcome. I love your background. I, I like that. Oh, my husband built a tree house. So I'm not there. I wish I was, but this is a tree house that we Airbnb. So I don't know if you can see. Yeah, it's really cool. So it's fun. It's um uh, a fun place, although I've only slept there once because we rent it. So, yeah. So, Tracy, tell us, what do you do? What's your company all about? So, we own a company called Exitable or Get Exitable. We go by both and we help business owners prepare for exit because I'm the cautionary tale of what happens when you finally have built it and added on so many different businesses that you get burnt out and you want to be done. You think, oh, I'll sell. It'll be easy. And it's not. And that's kind of how I figured out, gosh, if I didn't know, and I was running four businesses, how many other people don't know that selling a business is hard, right? Mm -hmm. And that most of them don't sell. And so, you know, you don't, so when you get to that point, not only do you think, oh, I'm going to sell and it's going to be easy, but that the stats are that 85% don't sell. And so not, and that, and on top of that, it's probably not worth what you think it is. So all those things combined, when I finally uh, figured out how to fix my business, found a buyer in three months and exited my other uh, restaurant. And I was thought I was out of my candy store, but I'm back in it because my partner left. Um, anyway, the point is, is like, I was like, you know, this would be a really good thing to teach people or to help people with, right? Because oftentimes when they're ready to finally sell, they're either really tired and burnt out and they're just mentally done after decades. You know, most of the people we deal with are in their businesses, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. So they're just ready to be done. Um, and that if they made a few moves and cleaned up some things and just really attacked it for a little while, they could probably sell. Um, it's just that most businesses aren't. I love that. What are some of those moves? Now, this is yeah. a brand podcast, as you know. Yeah. So if, if increasing the value of their brand, making their brand stronger, yes. is that mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but like part of it is, okay, who might want to buy your business, right? And yes, brand has some value, but it's got to be backed up with profit, right? Most people are looking not to buy your job. They want to buy a business, mostly usually as an investor, and they want it to 
net them money and they don't want to be in your business, you know, 12, 14 hours a day. Most people would just go get a job to do that, right? Except for us when we're small business owners and entrepreneurs, we like the excitement of being in it. Um, but like, you know, there's ways to create systems um, in your business that will get you out of it. There are things you can do, whether that's through tech, whether that's through hiring and delegating, whether that's through systems. There's these three ways that you can really that there are levers you can pull that can make your business that much more valuable. But like, here's the kicker is that most people don't know why their business is valuable or not. They don't know how to value it. And so if you don't know how to value it or what goes into that, how can you increase that? Right. It, it seems kind of intuitive that, oh, well, gosh, if this increases the value of my business, I should work on that instead of these other fun things that I maybe are doing or things that are not fun at all. So that's kind of uh, how we approach it, right? But unfortunately, the business community is really unaware, not just that selling's hard, but what builds a valuable business. So do you actually go in and consult with the company on what tactics which strategies they should implement mm -hmm. to increase the value yeah. so they can maximize the selling correct price. correct so so well and we do that like we do that a little bit differently than others we are we work directly one-on-one -on -one with the owner um usually historically when they're ready to retire or ready to sell or like me burnt out just ready to be done and they're usually like at their wits end and that's usually when they find us and we help them, first of all, figure out what they actually want, because most of us are so busy running our business that we haven't really thought, right? We have our daydreams and fantasies of what we'd like. But if you were to like, if let's paint the perfect scenario of next year, what would it look like? What would the exit look like? But what would you have, right? Do you want to still be in the business a little? Do you want it completely out and never see it again? Do you need a big payout? Can you do it over time? Like, so we identify what do they want? And also we contrast that with what they need, right? Most business owners who have been working for decades, they need to sell to be able to retire. That is their net worth. And so if they don't maximize that, it's, you know, devastating for them, you know? Um, and so we use like kind of the saying of like, you don't want to be working in Walmart unless you want to, right? If you want to, to get out of the house when you're older, cool. But like, you shouldn't have worked these decades and not be able to get paid for all this work you put in. And so that's what we do. We help them figure out what they want. We help them um, estimate what the business is currently worth. And then we kind of develop a plan of how they can reach the number they need to get and how to tweak it. and. Yeah. I love it. I love this. So the yeah. implementation of the plan, mm -hmm. are you hands-on with that or are you bringing in a team of people, outside experts to help them with the implementation? We can. I mean, it really depends on the level, right? We have people that have very valuable businesses and we also have people who are, you know, not profitable at all, but still want to sell. And there are buyers for both. It really just it helps to identify who might want to, and then you can structure it towards that. Uh, we are more support staff, meaning we do a program where we help them, we kind of help them figure that piece, the, that big part out, 
And then we support them along the way as they're trying to implement it. And if they need help, they need apps, if they need some further support, sometimes it's just a, hey, I hate my life today. Can you please help me? Right. And so it's just the encouragement to keep going. The other part we help to do is we really help them figure out where there's time sucks in their life. Because if you can unlock, you know, I have this example of uh, a guy, Jim, that we worked with, and he was every night he was writing down the schedule for the next day for all of his staff, right? What they were going to do, where they were going. It was an electrical company. And once he stopped doing that, we were like, no, no more, right? He had been doing it for decades. Once we got rid of that, all of a sudden he had five hours a week extra, right? So 20 hours a month. Like, what could you as a, as a small business owner or an entrepreneur <laughs> do with 20 hours a month? Like, you could do a lot. And that's the thing. It's like, it starts to, once you start to see where there's waste or misdirected energy, right? Because you could be spending it on good stuff, but that's not moving the dial. Don't spend the time on that. Delegate it, get rid of it, or just stop altogether. And then... In the end, we can shift you more towards, and then that time starts to compound. And now they're like, kind of becomes addicting, right? It's like all of a sudden you're like, where else can I get more time back, right? After decades of not having the time you want, right? It's perspective. So I'm, I'm curious, give us an idea of who your ideal client is. Are they manufacturers versus services? Are they retail versus distributors? I, I wish we could give you like a, a niche because usually we kind of just spread the net wide. I will tell you the general classification is somebody who wants to be out of their business. That's yeah. just, I mean, and that really ties everybody together. You know, I had restaurants and two candy stores. Um, so we have some restaurant clientele. Uh, we have some that have like medical practices, doctors who just want to be done. Right. But they haven't thought about the business. They built this whole practice and until, unless they find someone, they're stuck. We have that, we have um, retail for sure. Um, manufacturers, we had a gentleman who was not, this is how funny we are as entrepreneurs. It's like, we're always excited about the new opportunity. And so this guy had been running his business for 50 years. He was 72 and he had factories overseas. So he was manufacturing, importing, then he had e-com, retail, and wholesale. Like, that's not just a business. That's five businesses, right? And so for him, like, he knew it was going to be a hard sell just because it was so much. that, And he's forgotten more than anybody could ever know. Um, and so he was very realistic because sometimes, you know, people are not as realistic about the reality of the situation. So we kind of have to break that news to them when we meet them. Um, but he kind of got smart. And he was like, you know what? I know that this piece over here is going to net me the most. And I'm just going to carve off these other pieces, sell them for maybe not as much, but then I don't have to deal with them anymore. Again, freeing up the time to be able to focus so we could get out and retire. So yeah, I wish there was like one niche, right? I wish it was just candy store owners or just restaurant. I mean, and over time, that might be the case, but currently it's still a little bit from everywhere. Well, you know, but I can see where it could become challenging. Yeah. Let's say, and let's focus on the on service-based industry. Sure. 
where that provider is that business. In other words, he or she yeah. is the one primarily providing the service. Now that's a little different than medical because Correct. the dentists, the, the physician yeah. you know, yeah. they can sell their practices and someone comes in and treats mm -hmm. the same patient. Right. But a right. certain kind of service mm -hmm. is especially yeah. a lot of professional types, they are the business. And so mm -hmm. I often wonder how does that person maximize the value of their business and maybe it has to do with what you were saying earlier that if they have a system in place if they have mm -hmm. procedures in place yeah whereby the success and the growth of the company is not so much dependent about upon he or she right maybe that's the answer i don't know am i am i on the right path here? no you are i mean we had this gentleman his name was wolfgang and he during covid he had a whole team and then during covid and such he uh he was doing um concrete work in Florida. And um, he wanted to retire. So he was, again, he was really proactive. He was a couple years out. Most people are like, I'm done. Help me now. Um, he was proactive, but he had gotten rid of most of his staff. And so it was he and his wife. So he went from having something sellable to not. And so he recognized pretty quickly that he had a choice to make. Like, am I going to rebuild, meaning delegate the work? Or can I identify someone who wants to scoop me up, right? Instead of just selling the pieces, what if you could sell your book, right? Or your contacts or your clients along with the equipment. And like we had a gentleman on, I had a, a live uh, workshop last night and he had a business for 50 years. And he's like, you know, the brand over, like we have a long lasting brand. Everybody recognizes, is it valuable? Well, we go back to brand, right? It's like, well, yes, there's value in the fact that you've been around for 50 years. And I'm sure in your community, and he didn't get into what he specifically does. My guess was it was some kind of retail, but he was known. But my point to him was, well, what if there's somebody similar to you doing something that's kind of a line that could buy you? And now they have the ability to say they've been in business 50 years. There's value there. Right. But it's about how much because he came into the call thinking, I'm just going to probably have to liquidate. Right. But if you make some tweaks, there's always a way there's value. I mean, it breaks my heart when people think, oh, I'll just liquidate. It's easier. Well, it's really not easier. And everything you've built just disappears. Right. And it leaves some kind of vacuum in the market. Like we need all these businesses to continue, right? They employ, they provide services, they need to be here. And so we just have to get creative, especially with the boomers retiring. Um, there's 12 million boomer small businesses that are owned that are going to retire one way or the other. Like they'll just close, they don't care, they're tired. And if they do, those 12 million, let's just say one out of 10 only will sell. Well, that's, what is that? I don't know, 1.2 million will sell, let's say. The rest just disappear. Imagine the vacuum in a community, in an economy, that just, that value just disappears, as opposed to reworking it, spending a little bit of time figuring out how to make that transferable. Um, so yeah, sorry, that was my very long-winded, but like it's possible. You just, again, the, the sounding bell for us is prepare ahead. Don't wait until you're ready. That's too late almost, right? 
This is the time, right? Even when you're starting and you're building, if you're thinking about where you want to be in the end, like what does my eventual exit look like? That filters everything you do, right? So do you call yourself an exit strategist? I I don't. I just call myself like a coach, like a business coach, because I love small business. I mean, listen, I had four. I'm that crazy person like that just thinks more. I want more. Right. We're incredibly optimistic, hardworking. And we're really I think like small business owners are superheroes. Like They build something from nothing. They continue no matter what happens. They don't give up. I believe that there's an exit for everyone. They have to just be open to the possibilities and being creative about it. Um, now, these companies you work with, the service providers, let's, focus, let's stay on them instead of the sure, manufacturing. Sure, sure. What are their annual revenues typically? I'm sure there's a certain size company that may not be ideal for you. I mean, we do, we try not to limit it because we feel like, like, let's oh. just, let's be honest here. And we said, okay, if you could, if your business you, right now is not sellable and you could sell for even thirty or $40,000, is it worth mm-hmm. it to you to spend a couple months, right? Maybe five or $10,000, right? To get the things going. Is that worth it to you? You've already put in all this time. It seems silly at this point to sell off the pieces, right? You don't build your dream house and then take it apart when you're done with it, right? So we, most of them, I mean, I shouldn't say that most, many of them are not profitable because again, let's be honest, as entrepreneurs or small business owners, we don't want to pay taxes. So we've, right. So our P and L looks pretty dismal because we're reinvesting. We have other expenses that are legitimate, but right. We've kind of maximized our tax advantages. And so it doesn't always look as pretty, right. But when you start to think, okay, well, we put your car back in, right. And then we put your vacation that you took the staff on or whatever you write, you put those back in and all of a sudden it looks a little bit better, right? And now you see, oh, well, I'll tell you, I mean, some service in, uh, providers haven't raised prices in a long time, especially if they've been around a long time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could just be they need an adjustment in price, right? And they spend the next year showing that adjustment in price and all of a sudden they're way more profitable. There are things like, and so... I am um, a big believer in that there's always a way, right? Even yeah. if it's not profitable. Like I, I used this example recently about uh, the, the founder of Groupon won Entrepreneur of the Year and they've never been profitable. Like, so if that can exist in our world <laughs> with all kinds of funding, it's certainly possible somebody will want to buy your business. But what they don't want to buy is your job. Exactly. That's well said. Now, is what really bugs you when you think about your specialty? Are these owners getting bad intel, bad advice, or they just have the wrong thoughts in terms of all of this stuff? What What, what are your thoughts around it? I think it frustrates me. And again, only because I was that person, I thought, oh, it'll just sell. No big deal. Not knowing what my business was worth hmm. and not knowing how it could sell right? Not knowing. Now, I I was lucky enough that somebody shared with me when I first started my first business, they shared the e-myth with me. 
which again, very basic book, but I mean, foundational, right? Do you want to be a business owner or do you want to be Sally the pie maker? Because those are two yeah. different things, right? And so when I started my candy store, I recognized I wanted to own a business. I didn't want to be the candy lady. Now I am the candy lady. I'll probably always be the candy lady. But like, I knew I was owning a business and that business was my avenue for freedom and money and time. And so um, what I needed to do was to get myself as quickly as possible out of it, right? And I had that mindset, but I think most people, you know, they're a good pie maker. So everyone says, you should have a pie business. You make great cookies. You should have a cookie business. You're great at like, you're a great carpenter. You should be a businessman. No, no. Like often they're just doing their job, but they've given themselves the hardest job because now they've given themselves two jobs, running the right. business and doing the work. Yep, yep. Um, I just think we just don't know. And so much, I call it like the, the false of like from childhood, we've been told about this great American dream to be able to build a life and start a business and, you know, change our, like our stars, right. And, and have this whole affect our family and bet on yourself. But like, so they've sold us this whole story, but never told us how to do it. And most businesses don't know how to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how many of us know someone who's dialing it in from Tahiti? Nobody. Like, I mean. And Tracy, I can only imagine you have a ton of success stories. Yeah. These I mean, well, we're, we're having fun. We've only been doing it a couple of years and we were doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one just to see. If so, I have a partner in England. She's been doing this for big corporations, like brand names you would know. When yeah. they want to carve off a section, when they yeah. want to systematize and maximize, figure out where the problems are. That's what she her specialty is. And we connected in a mastermind. And I had this story about how I did for me, right? And that why isn't anybody talking about this? Why why didn't anybody warn me? Why didn't the broker tell me? right? Like why? And so we decided to team up just to see if we could help people, whoever to do it. Right. Cause I had my own success story. She had exited her own two businesses, but now she was doing corporate consulting work. And so we've been doing it for the last year, year and a half, mostly one-on-one -on -one with people. Right. And then we decided this summer, really, we needed to do this more. So we've had success there. So now we want to do it more group because we think we can help more people, right? And they help each other, surprisingly, right? It's like when you know, when you have a friend who's running a great ad and it's working, you're like, yes, I'm doing that, right? And so being in a group in a community really helps them to not only feel like they're you know, sometimes we have like, you know, that imposter, like we feel like the dummy in the room because we didn't do more uh, or better. And just being in a room with people who are all in the same place, right? Just different levels. Um, but here they are, you know, 50 year old business, which, wow, like, can you imagine having your business for 50 years and all the things and the tech and the changes in the world and you're still here? Like, that's super impressive and valuable, right? So, you know, they it's kind of just refocusing when they feel like all is lost. So we're kind of like cheerleaders, strategists, yes, 
but really just helping them based on what we've learned by helping others and ourselves and just really trying to pay it forward and help them to move forward. And the more we do, the more we learn. Well, listen, I, um, I think you're amazing. Oh, doing this. Now, if people who are tuning in <laughs> love what they're hearing, how can they get a, a hold of you? What are your URLs? And the best way on? to reach us is getexitable.com. And on that homepage, you'll see me, a picture of me. And because I'm the front facing, my partner likes to be in the background and, but she's on there too. And we have some free training, but we also do a free, every couple of weeks, we do like a live workshop where we kind of really debunk myths about selling and also talk about the three moves you can make in your business, like to make it more valuable. Like we talked about people, places, I'm sorry, people, tech and procedures, and, and we give some examples, right? So it's not just, oh, by the way, if you implement apps and you know systems, you should be fine. We give some examples of not just what I did, but also what some of our clients have done and how that shifted things for them. Um, and then we kind of give them a where to start. So on that, it's free. Um, so you can sign up on that same homepage. And then we have a, a calculator where you can get your first valuation of your business, see what it's worth. We also have on that same page, um, oh, a quiz that will tell you what, like what your sellability score. And it kind of asks you what assets you have in your business. And then it kind of tells you like where some of the gaps are. It's a good place to start for people because again, mo nobody's talking about this stuff. So nobody knows. So there's a huge learning curve. Well, listen, uh, you're, you're awesome. Like, I mean, you're just amazing. I mean, you're, I've, I've met exit quote unquote strategists before. Yes, yeah. it's different. You're, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, before right. we sign up, is there you're one last thing you'd like to say to our listeners and viewers? My, my hope and prayer for all of you is that, first of all, that you celebrate yourselves for getting where you are, right? It's against all odds, right? In the first five years, most businesses fail, most, like 90 something percent. And you're here. Right. And so you should celebrate yourself, but not only celebrate yourself, but ensure that you get what you want in the end. Right. So start by defining that. What does that look like for you? And I'm, I mean, and most of us don't take the time to think about what we want. We're just too busy doing. So take even just a weekend, take yourself to somewhere and think about what do you really want? Because once you define that, all the other choices and decisions are easy because you're that's the filter you'll use. So if anything, do that. Listen, thank you so much, Tracy. Wow, what a wealth of information. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You made it super fun. I know I go on and I get very excited. I'm really no, you're like, I'm I'm like, excited too. I know. Right. <laughs> I could I'm super passionate about this subject and anyway so thank you for allowing me to share I, I really appreciate it my pleasure and i want to thank everybody for tuning in as well i hope you enjoyed tracy she is simply simply a rock star <laughs> in what she does and so until next time this is jerry foster the big granny guy also known as the brandon evangelist signing off jerry foster here Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you 
are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise. I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself and you've been in business for five, ten years or more and you would like to be a guest on this program. I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brandforwardleadership forward slash apply and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag brand for leadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world, which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. (laughs) So your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart, to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love. I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.